as we think a little bit today of, you know, we started the, the service with what God has been doing in our lives, and uh, when I plan for this service um, throughout the whole year, I thought that uh, I would call this a rewind service. So we look back and we see what God has been doing um, in our lives as a church, in our lives as individuals, and how God has been blessing us. And it's, it happens to be also um, with the young people in. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to, to, to mingle together and share that experience. But at the same time, I think there is, there is elements here that we, 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 we celebrate together. And there is elements that we, we want to learn from one another. And um, um, I think in, in the history of the church, there are, there are things that we, we let go by. And we, there are things that we could actually draw from and learn from. So this morning, um, I want to talk about something that happened in the history of the church 500 years ago. And for some of you, um, you are very familiar with it, and for some of you it may be a new thing. But um, 500 years ago, so on the 31st of October, 500 years ago, and last 31st of October, I know we are a bit late, and there was a big um, celebration about um, Reformation and what it meant for the um, church, what it meant for the Christians, what it meant for discipleship and this, this whole renewal. And I was, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking a little bit, I don't know why for the youth services, I keep going to the kings of the Old Testament, you know. And this morning I was thinking of King Hezekiah and the, the renewal that, uh, that he, he brought in the gathering of the people of Israel and how they, they walked with God and, uh, from that point onwards. But here we've got a, a movement in the history of a church which was quite established, uh, which was full of rules and regulations. And that's where the Christianity had gone to that point, that it had become very, very, um, actually, dismissive of what God can be doing. And God was not done. And he raises up people like Martin Luther, but also prior to Martin Luther, there were enough people who had the guts to, to, to speak up and to say that what's going on in this corrupt system of religion is not acceptable. So for those of you who are not aware um, of this story, is, it, it, it's a, a fascinating story. Uh, now, I'm not a big fan of Luther, I must say this. Because as much as, as he, he, he did some good things about the Reformation, he, he had something wrong. So I'm not here to promote Martin Luther. But what I want to say is that there were some elements that we could with, uh, draw from, from, from the whole movement of this spiritual renewal that happened in those days. And we can say, what is it that is so precious for us today? So... What was going on was that um, the whole authority 
of the church, the whole authority of, so to say, the, 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 the religious Christianity had fallen into the hands of people who didn't know how to deal with this authority. And in one sense, it was really misused to the point of abuse. Because in one sense, we all know that as people, we're not exempt from failure. And this authority of this religious movement, Christianity, had fallen into the hands of some people who maybe started off well, but ended up being corrupted. And that meant that the whole church and Christianity movement started going to, onto a slippery slope. Until some people came to the scriptures and they said that what we're being taught or what we're being trying to, to embrace is not what the scriptures say. And therefore, we'll have an opportunity to voice that actually this is not right, this is not scriptural, this is not what God is intending to do with his people as individuals as well as corporately. So there was part of this movement that actually um, was going to also address that salvation all of a sudden has become this kind of business that if you pay a certain amount of money, you'd be um, waver off uh, punishment, you'd be waver off things that scripture is very clear about, um, about the, 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 the gift of God, of salvation. And therefore, there was a lot of things that had come into this mixing pot that were not making sense for those people. And one of them, of course, was Martin Luther, and then he had some follow, followers after that. But the main thing was that, actually, we are finding out that in scriptures that God is much bigger than what is being presented to us. That God's arms of salvation are much wider and much, much reaching out to us than what we can do with our own works. And actually, God is going to build his church, no matter what, where we stand. And he's going to do it through his spirit. So, um, this movement started, um, and in one sense it started with, actually, it will be good if people have the Bible, the scriptures, in their own language. So, Martin Luther translated the Bible into German and I, I resonate with this so much because until 1994 we didn't have all the scriptures translated in Albanian and we used to kind of look into the Old Testament where the New Testament was very badly translated but we could do with that but the, the, the Old Testament we, we, we didn't have access unless it was done in a different language and whether you're first, you know, whether English is your first or second language, I think for me, it was something that actually you still miss out in having something that is in not 
in your mother's tongue because you cannot collect, connect fully. And I still do that. Anytime I come to scriptures, I say, well, but yes, I do get it what it says in English, but there is not that strong sentiment that actually makes sense for me. It says, whoa, I know what this says in the scripture. So, so the idea of the reformers was to, to bring this actually this opportunity for people to come to scripture and say whoa God is bringing his truth to me in a language that I can understand because it is in the scriptures where we find out about God's love it is in the scriptures where we find out about God's story of salvation it is in the scriptures where we find out about his plans, his promises, things that he wants to say over our life. And if this is done in a different language, or, or if this is done on, on a different means, on different instruments, then I think there is a missing link there. And Martin Luther said, no, it would be great if people have got their Bibles in their own languages. So he translated the German Bible, and then we've got later on Wycliffe, who translated the, the Bible into English, and therefore we've, we've had then other countries and other nationalities take on on that, and say, no, I think it makes sense for the scriptures to be in that um, format, so people can understand. But the main point why we... Why, 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 why this kind of renewal happened was because actually it's not only missing out on the language thing but also it's exploring exploring what God reveals himself to us through the scriptures so um, I don't know if you've come across the five solas of the Luther um, movement um, from those days onwards. Um, so basically, there were the five alones. Um, the, I, I'll, I'll show it to the next slide as well. But let's stop here for a moment. So there were the five solas. The first sola was sola scriptura, which was basically our authority is no human authority. Our authority is what God has revealed to us through the scriptures. And if we want to know anything about the scriptures, or if we want to know anything about God, this is our first and our last port of call. The second thing was solus Christus. Only Christ. By Christ alone we are saved. And it was very easy to, to, to get bogged down by religious language and movement and, and, and tradition and stuff that you miss out when we spoke about last Sunday. That you miss out on real thing of what Christ has done. I mean, last Friday we met with the uh, teenagers at Foundation and we talked about Jesus dying on the cross. And it's, it's amazing, again, to be reminded of that truth and not to miss out that actually salvation is only through Christ and Christ alone and none to do with 
what we do or what we perform before God. The third thing was the sola gratia. And this had to do again with God's gift to us. God's gift of salvation that actually is something that we don't deserve. But God in his mighty almighty love reaches out to us and he says, this is the gift that I give to you through my son Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection on the cross. And the other one was sola fide, which was the whole idea of actually if Jesus is our means of salvation, then our response should be trust, put our faith in him. Respond to this invitation of God's, but we approach God only through what Jesus has done. We don't approach God what we think it is the case, but through Jesus, through trusting that actually what Jesus has done for us on the cross is enough for us to approach our Heavenly Father when we've been enemies and saying, Thank you for the Lord Jesus, for his grace and for his gift of faith that has given me to come and call you Abba, Father. And the ultimate sola, or alone, was to do with God's glory. Because initially, you and I were created for God's glory. And... And somehow this is kind of readdressing the whole picture of redemption. That from being created for God's glory, you have moved to being an enemy against God. God not 100% on your sides. And you have met with Jesus. And then you have discovered that actually God is much bigger than what you have made him to be. Jesus is greater than what you think he is. His grace, his gift of salvation is big. And therefore, you want to live out for it, for him. Now, I know these are five solas of reformation, and I don't want to, to remain theoretical. So, my question for us this morning is, what are some of the areas of our lives? As we look back, maybe this week, or maybe the last week, or maybe the whole year, where we have seen that actually we have seen God's word as being our final, first and final port of call. When we're saying, actually, the world, friends, family, wanting me to do this, but God's word is this, and I cannot compromise there. Is there an area in our lives when we have seen that actually we have chosen Christ amongst other many choices that we're facing in this day and age? Are we happy to receive God's grace? Or are we too proud? to say thank you to God for his gift for us. What about faith? 
Have we domesticated God in a way that we trust him or we go to him anytime we're in need or in trouble? But when everything goes fine, we don't trust him or we don't think about that. And the ultimate thing, I think this only to God alone the glory. I think this is the glue that sticks them all together. But where have we seen in our lives this year, in the life of this church, that we have made that conscious decision or conscious um, approach that we're going to put God's glory first above all some of you are thinking some of you are taking notes some of you are looking at me and I just wanted to throw these questions here because I think these are things that I struggle with and again, we've got the young people here, and I think we don't need to have a triumphalistic approach to our Christian life. But the reason why I brought them today here is that for the youngsters and for the adults to know that, yes, it's good that we look into this and refresh our memory of the historical events, but what is it that God wants to say to us this morning? How do we take these five things, five alarms? Can, can I have the next slide, Andy, please? Let's make it more English. How do we take these five alarms and we say, but God, can, I, can you help me to reorganize my life? in such a way. Now, I said to you in the beginning that 500 years ago, it was when this all started, and he, it, has, it has developed, and I think the whole um, Protestantism movement is based on these five solas. But I think God is much bigger than that, actually. Grace... Faith, Bible, Christ, God's glory alone. I just wanted to bring it to a close. <clears throat> and then I'm going to hand it over to Shanti to lead us in our final songs. But I don't know where you are in your walk with God. But I wanted to say that none of these things gets old and worn out with our walk with Jesus we can put them to sleep we can live in denial of them but they are there for us to embrace in our daily walk with Christ.
there is nothing much clearer than God's heart revealed in the scriptures. Let's not abuse with it. There is nothing bigger that is going that you are going to make that is going to nullify God's grace for you. So don't waste your time. God has given each and every one of us the gift of faith. Embrace it. Trust God and learn to trust Him, whether you're young or old, daily, to saying, God, today I want to live for you because of what Jesus has done for me. And that's my act of worship. That's my response. Because ultimately, I want to give you the glory that is due to your name. Grace, scriptures, faith, Christ, God's glory. What does more the church of God wants? So when we alert to what God is reaching out to us with and respond to that with our worship and give him the glory. So here we are, Lord, as your people. We've been reminded of some unescapable truths. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. That we don't miss out on what you have given us and how you want to empower us. Lord, you have been so patient with your church for 2,000 years and you're still patient with us today. Thank you that we can come to you only because of Jesus. Thank you that we can come to you only because of grace. Thank you, Lord, because we can come to you only because of our faith in you. Thank you that we can come to you because of what we learn and what we see, your Father heart of God in the Scriptures. Lord, help us to give the glory that is due to your name. Not only today, but for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Mm -hmm.